Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here with the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast number 20 20 <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much you special guest here this is a video podcast with michael and steven thank you so much for joining me here thank you very much john Heck it's yeah. our pleasure yeah. this is awesome this is so cool from uh i'm in texas right now you're not the opposite side of the country but you're in maine right now or that's where your business is and where you right. both are <laughs> awesome state i'm from right underneath there in new in new hampshire born and raised the uh please tell me what have you uh we've had a relationship now for maybe a year less than a year six months yeah maybe yeah. maybe just less than a year yeah, I think february i think is when we kind of got started okay with the, i think yeah, we, model. we actively started you know really pursuing things in february but we've been talking with you since december of last mm-hmm. year oh, wow. yeah, at least yeah and we, yep, we both heard of you from Bigger Bigger Pockets. I Great sites. Free Bigger Pockets plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> so uh, before that, any uh, any real estate experience? I mean, you're both still now both full time employed, both full time employees. Yeah, um, part time employed for me, and uh, and then part time mobile home stuff. So. Yeah. Excellent. Would you yeah. say that your partnership, you're both equally doing things as much as possible, or mm-hmm. one person? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I'm a physical therapist. I operate full time in a home health setting, so I can create my own schedule and have that level of flexibility. So, yeah, we we both synergize pretty well. I yeah. believe with our daily yeah. routine. What we found is things really ebb and flow. You know, so it's like so sometimes one of us will carry more of the the workload, you know, while the other person's busy or tied up, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it kind of flows back in the other direction at mm-hmm. some point, and uh, so you know we we try and keep it balanced, and uh, and it's been working good for us. Yeah. Out of curiosity, with a part time job, with a full time job, uh, for the folks listening, what when are your busiest hours? Because you're, I mean, is it lunch break? Is it after work? Before work? Uh, weekends? Obviously. Busiest hours, just in terms of like our overall life, and or are you talking about in I'm, regards specifically to mobile home? I should have said mobile home investing. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, I think uh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> what, I think part of what's helped frame um, our workload is we developed a scope of duty. So we've assigned certain roles for each of us, and like Michael said, we ebb and flow as you know the situation or the deal needs. Um, we have made it mandatory that, you know, we take Saturdays off. That's just what's worked for us. So nothing happens on Saturdays until 5 p.m. And then we get right back into the fray. Yeah. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, probably around Friday over the weekend, that's when we tend to get a lot more volume of phone calls. Um, you know, that's when, uh, you know, a lot of people, whether it's looking to set up moving a mobile home, rehabbing a mobile home, or just speaking with uh you know people with different opportunities that's when we probably have the most yeah i would agree definitely weekends you know seem to you know people have some free time they can start thinking about you know if they want to sell their mobile home they can call us if they want to buy one they see one of our ads and uh, they respond to that but uh you know i'm 
I'm a big believer in letting people go to voicemail. Uh, it's a great screening tool, and you get back to them, you know, when it's convenient for you. So, uh, so we have a good voicemail set up that allows us, to, you know, to to let people kind of pre-screen themselves as they come in uh, mm-hmm. to the voicemail, and then we call them back when it's convenient for us. You know, not so. a not 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 an automated or not a not a live person, just a voicemail. Yeah, just typically. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you mentioned before about uh, moving homes, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's a not a question of if you're going to move them, but just when you're going to move them in most in most areas. So I love that. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. How many homes have you moved and and set up? We've only moved one. Okay, but just boy, one. what did we learn? <laughs> That was rich. <laughs> no, well, no, it was it was fantastic because it's it's so expanded our team as far as yeah, the yeah. plumber, the electrician, relationships with park managers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very valuable learning experience, certainly. And I think we just sold that about what was it two three weeks ago? Yeah, because yeah. it took about a month oh, to yeah. rehab. Yeah, two weeks Ooh. ago. Probably. Well, we're already into it. Let's let's yeah. find this out. So you. Oh. Uh, you responded to an ad or someone got in touch with you that had to have the home moved. Yeah. It could Craigslist not... had actually, I think we found them on Craigslist. They had an ad that said, you know, mobile home for sale, $5,000. Um, you know, I thought immediately, well, okay, that's, that's in the price range. Let's find out, you know, if it's really worth 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, they were located probably about 30 miles North of us. And, uh, so, you know, we went out, checked out the home, uh, definitely needed, you know, quite a bit of work, and so we talked them down to about what was it, thirty-two fifty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirty-two fifty, and we're able to do it on payments. Uh, so we gave them five hundred down, and then two seventy-five a month for ten, 10 months. months. Yep, ten months. Yeah. So yep. we were able to, you know, get into it for that piece, you know, low money down. Were you, were you out of curiosity? Out of curiosity did you have? Oh, I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. Oh no, it stopped. That was weird. Okay. I'll just edit this part out. The, um, did you did you obtain a or did did, did he have a lien on the on the home? Because you were nope. okay. That's what nope. it sounded like. So the title you took possession of the title. He trusted you. You wrote up other paperwork to give him his the rest of his money due and payments. Right. But exactly. he, he did not have a lien on the title. Excellent. I just wanted to touch base on that because that may slow you down or prevent you from moving the home. Some so, movers want to see the title, see there's no liens. When yeah. you move it into a park, sometimes they want to see that. Other times they don't care. Hey, I'll give me the yeah. money and I'll move it for you. Yeah. So far, none of the homes that we, we bought five homes and not one of them has there been a title. Yeah. And at least in the state of Maine, if the home is older <laughs> than six or seven years, the state doesn't care about a title. They're like, yeah. just bill of sales, all you need. Yeah. Whoever's, whoever's the owner on tax record, who's paying the taxes, they're like, that's the owner. <laughs> so, you know, it's like. <laughs> has that caused any problems or issues uh, that you've seen, or is that uh, just kind of business as usual? Yeah, it's been business as usual. I think the only the only issue has just been in our own minds. Like, are we doing the right thing? You know, are are we protected? You know, when we mm-hmm. do this. And after talking with the the DMV here, you know, a couple of times and having them say, "Look, we won't reissue you a title. You know, we just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, just get a bill of sale." We're finally like, "All right, well, if the state's telling us, just get a bill of sale. You know, and uh, make sure that we switch the taxes over. That's what we're gonna do." Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, hopefully that doesn't bite us later, right? <laughs> no, right. The um, 
with this home that ha that has to be moved. So you obtained a bill of sale. Um, you tra you transferred it over into your name first. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you moved it into a park. Did you already know which park you were going to move it into, or did yes. find? Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We were we were working with a couple of parks to try and get you know good That's incentives. Mm -hmm. Um, but we really knew which park we wanted to move it to. Cool. Yeah. Um, Any so reason why that particular park? It's the largest park in the state. Um, you know, we it has the best ratings. It's a four-star park, um, and the move-in incentive was they were not going to charge us a move-in fee, and I think they weren't going to charge us lot rent um, every other month for the first six months just while we were rehabbing it. So. That was the best deal we got. Yeah, and and we had just heard locally that that was the most desirable park. Mm -hmm. You know, they allowed dogs. It was a all all ages. You know, family park. Um, you know, uh, and we had heard other things about some of the other parks. You know, it was like you know they're really hard to work with. You know, they uh, are just you know um, you know just just difficult. You know, with their tenants and stuff. And and so we said, okay, you know, we want to go to the park where the most people want to move because sure. that'll help us sell the home faster. So absolutely. You can choose which area you want to bring it to. You can choose the park. Some parks there's more it's interesting, like from I don't know if you've seen this, but you know, there's ten parks and in one one of them for some reason will have a high demand of, of sales in it, of cav of, of cash or bank finance sales. Like everyone that has cash is going to this one park for some weird reason. Yeah. And it's not like it's nicer than the others. It's just so you can choose where you want to move it to the coast, inland, you know, and then you can have value added to that. So the so the park that you moved it to, not the best move in incentives, what, three months free lot rent? Yeah. Because every other and then wasn't going to charge you a move in fee. But that's mm -hmm. something. So you moved yeah. it in. Uh, the park manager's obviously pretty content or happy or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very happy. Um, you know, it, it ended up. <laughs> Things kind of got twisted around with either our communication about what the incentives were because although we didn't pay a move-in fee when we moved the home, they charged our buyer a move-in fee, which is money left on the table because that's yeah. money could have gone into our pockets, right? Um, so, you know, we were a little bit perturbed about that. Like, you know, geez, that's not really helpful to us, you know, because ultimately that's just money off from the sale price that we could have charged. Uh, so I think that taught us the lesson that, you know, when you communicate with somebody, try and get stuff in writing, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's just an email, you know, you said this, drive for clarity, something you always say, drive for clarity, uh, you know, just make sure that you really know what's being said, what the agreement is, okay. uh, you know, because otherwise, you know, you end up with them saying later, oh, I don't think I said that, or that's not what I meant, or yeah. you're like, okay, I just left almost $1,000 on the table. Mm -hmm. Um, so. That big of a depo of a deposit, well, seven seven fifty, I think. Yeah, so, seven fifty. Yeah, that's considerable. Now, with was that the um, was that the only lesson learned in moving this home? Oh, not, not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I was pretty sure that was the answer. <laughs> a long number positive too. Um, you know, I mean, we uh, we got to you know vet several different uh, rehab teams, and like I said, yeah. we did. We met with you know we ended up uh, getting several uh, good plumbers and electricians under our belt who still yeah. work with us today. Yeah. Um, I think you know, like I told you, it took us a full month, I think, to rehab the home. But two weeks of that were because nobody could get to it, just because the market was so in high demand for. Handyman, handyman, yeah, and uh, it did need uh, you know a few items done to it, yeah, you know things you discover along the way that oh, you didn't man. pick up with the initial <laughs> inspection. Yeah. Well, what were what were a couple a couple of those things? 
Uh, well, uh, you know, their overall, I mean, this was a 1997 um, 80 by 14 foot home. You know, the roof was the roof was solid. The yeah. siding was good. Um, it had a sliding glass door for one of the entryways that we ended up having to remove because it would have been cheaper to remove it and put in windows than um, redo yeah. the siding and everything because everything was rotted. essentially rotted. Yeah. So the, the home had had some, some uh, you know, roof leaks and stuff like that, and they replaced the roof. Uh, afterwards, but what had happened is the water that had come in through the roof had gone down into the walls, and it completely rotted out the framing for a couple of doors, uh, one of them being the sliding glass door, uh, another one being an entry door off from the laundry room. And uh, and so and once they pulled out the sliding glass door, they looked down through the wall cavity and realized that most of the studs in a section were completely rotted out. Um, and uh, insulation, you know, was just crumpled at the, the bottom of the, uh, the wall cavity. And so we ended up uh, pretty much taking out a good section of one of the walls on the exterior, sistering the studs and, uh, and then replacing the, the plywood on the outside mm-hmm. and uh, going back over it with, um, with the vinyl siding. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, when you start tearing into things, you start seeing stuff. Anything you could have done in hindsight to possible I mean you don't have x-ray vision of course right right I think um you know I was the first one to go out and look at the home and you know one thing that I've just kind of picked up on is that you know it's okay to you know grab a wall and shake it a little bit you know push on it you know see what happens um and uh and just knowing now that uh you know when a roof has leaked and you see signs of that you know whether it's soft spots in the floors around doors you know around windows whatever that there's a good chance that there's something wrong inside the wall too. Yeah. You know, so I think just knowing that in your mind kind of allows you to save into the seller, you know, look, soft spots on the floor are not that big of a deal, but if the roof's been leaking, that probably means there's something wrong inside the wall too. Mm-hmm. So we're possibly going to have to rip this wall open. It's just a negotiating tool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can just add that to your conversation and then say, you know, because we're taking the risk of what might be inside this right. wall, you know, we can't give you the thirty-two fifty. We're only going to be able to give you two thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's legitimate as well. I mean, you can't. You kind of have to assume it's the worst. You got to assume it's the worst, right? You know, if you know, I, and that's that's it. Yeah. The uh, with regards to the contractors, handyman, any <laughs> we could have a whole hour long, five hour long <laughs> segment on that. We could. What's uh. What's some like one or two pieces of advice for someone that you know is looking at building their own, well, team, one or two or three people? Um, yeah. Yeah. What's some good, quick advice on that, if you could? What do you think, Steve? I would say um, try to, well, one, try to get several different um, entities or handyman groups to come out and inspect the home in a close time period. So try to get three of them to come out within an hour, 15, 20 minutes apart. So hopefully there's a little bit of overlap and you understand that, you know, or they understand that there is that level of competition. And it worked for us because we would both be at the home. And if they did do that, I could take one group, he could manage the other group. So it did work. Um, And that worked out pretty well for us. You know, it did. So um, I would say that was one of the lessons um, I kind of took away. Yeah. I think uh, one of the big ones that I've taken away is just, clarifying the relationship and the expectation with your handyman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the way that we do that is through a scope of work document that we lay out, you know, here's what we want done. 
Uh, we asked them to, uh, you know, tell us in terms of labor and materials, you know, cost. What, what the cost is going to be for each item. And, uh, and then just clarifying, you know, start date, end date. Uh, if you're not finished by this time, then there's a $50 a day penalty. It's not really a penalty. It's a cost to doing business for us because we're holding the property longer. It's a completion uh, incentive. Exactly. It's a completion incentive. Do what you say you're going to do, right? Don't tell us that right. you're going to get it done in one week and have it done in one month. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, you kind of get in that situation with a handyman, you know, who, who says they're going to do one thing, they do another thing. And what do you do? You know, it's like, you know, you can be uh, in a tough spot at that point. Uh, it also clarifies, you know, how they're going to get paid. You know, are we going to give them 50% up front and 50% at the end? Or are we going to do 30, 30, 30, 30? You know, so it's like a little bit in the beginning to help them get started, a little bit in the middle to help them keep going, you know, and then the final 30% to incentivize them to actually finish the job. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's been number one for me, you know, is just clarifying all the expectations and the relationship through that document. And I guess the second piece for me is is the final walkthrough, going through and checking their work and making sure that it's what you expected to be done, the way you expected it to be done, and then it's finished, that you don't need to have them go back and touch up several little things. Because after you pay them, their incentive to come back is almost zero unless they know that you're going to do a lot more business with them and you're trying, and they're really trying to keep you happy. Um, so, you know, definitely getting that punch list at the end so that you can, you know, just say, okay, you know, I need you guys to come back, touch up X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, we'll, we'll settle up for the final balance. You inspect if you're going to give them any sort of draws or any sort of payments, <laughs> or do you inspect regularly or get daily pictures if they're doing something or not, not so much? You know, um, I think that, that that's part of our process that we're, we're still kind of working out. I think that we'd like to, to do... Uh, more regular inspections on the home. We do drop by every once in a while just to see how things are going. Um, but uh, up to this point, we haven't quite got that piece of our system worked out to a science. Sure. And uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Thank you for uploading the uh, that, sc- that scope of work that you mentioned to the, fa- to the Facebook group. That was really tremendously valuable. Yeah. Thank you. No and I've, I've pointed a number of folks there for that. So that's, that's great. I'm glad that's being used. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. The uh, now, Talking still about kind of rehabs and handyman, uh, yeah. a number of homes I sell are handyman specials, very livable, and we get them to a certain condition. What have you been finding in your area now that you have uh, uh, about how many deals on, 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 under your belt? Five. That's, all right. High five. Uh, the... <laughs> Are you finding that your buyers, and I suppose there's a bunch of buyers out there for whatever type of home you have, but the condition that you, your 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 business is getting them to, do you find it's you get them to a certain condition and sell it as is or sell it as a, hand, a light handyman special? Or are you having your, your handyman do almost everything? I mean, is it, yeah. I think, kind of- I think it depends on the type of market we're working with. As we get more rural, I've kind of gotten the impression you know, Mike, correct, correct me if uh, you know I'm wrong here, but I've gotten the impression with two of our properties that are up in uh, northern Maine that there's more people who are more of the handyman inclination. Like, you know, oh, you know, I, I'm not licensed to do this, but I'm, I don't mind putting in the grit and effort. I took that Home Depot course a while back. <laughs> That's right. Um, so there, there's more, and then you know, 
we live in, in Brunswick, which is in the mid-coast area, and it seems like there's a higher inclination for people to pay them more money for the move-in mm-hmm. fee and do maybe light handyman work, such as painting the walls or, you know, replacing the occasional cupboard. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that's that's the big shift is, you know, um, what I've seen. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, up to this point, all five homes have been handyman specials mm-hmm. at some level. Uh, some of them needed more work than others. Uh, we actually we have one right now that we're yet to sell. We've been marketing it now for a while. We've got quite a bit of interest in it, and it is it's beyond a handyman special. Like this thing, you know, the roof is there's a side story to this. Gone. Uh, there is a side good side story to this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's like you can walk into the home, you know, during a rainstorm and see water dripping out of the ceiling. You know, so it's you know it's in in fairly rough condition. It probably take. Two to three thousand dollars and some some uh, sweat equity just to make it livable, uh, and we've been trying to dump that off for cheap, you know, uh, just so we don't have to deal with it right now. So, so then, what was the? I mean, the the thought obviously that comes to mind is maybe why'd you buy this home, or what was the thought? I mean, it's obviously going to be profitable. <laughs> Great question. So, <laughs> we, it, came, it came as part of a package deal. There is this uh, park uh, that's about. 30, uh, what was it, 17 miles north, 20 miles north of us? Something like that. It's uh, you know local guy. He owns several parks in Maine and also in Florida. And he's getting to his sunset year, so he's looking to unload them. And it was part of an incentive, which was, hey, look, I'll give you this one home in the same park, pretty much moving ready. Doesn't need anything done. Yep. 1993, three-bedroom, two-bath. I'll give it to you for this awesome price. And we're like, oh, that is a good price. You know, it fits your model. <laughs> And he said, the caveat is you have to buy this guy. <laughs> I won't make you pay for this guy, but when you get your moving fee for this first home, you lateral over and cover this guy. Yeah. And we looked at it and we're like, okay, now, is there anything else you can do? And he said, look, you know, I, I like what you guys are doing. We've sat down with him a few times to talk, um, just kind of what our mission is and what we want to do in the mm-hmm. area. And, you know, he's, he's made it, you know, um, verbalized that, he would be inclined to sell us some of his parks when he does retire and go to Florida. Yeah. So it was it was partly, you know, we got that awesome home with the two-for-one and also would kind of open the door for potential further dealings with right. this gentleman down the road in the next yeah. year or so. Because yeah. he's open to owner financing the park to us. He's verbalized that. And, you know, we went to the – we've done a few other things with the town uh, tax uh, records to look at – the whole park uh, schematics and detail, but that was kind of it. So it was a unique situation, which Mm. gave us more on our plate than we would ever have had. (laughs) I was like, Mike, this is a dump. We don't want it. This is like 10 grand of money. I can see it right now. I think I I talked Steven into buying it. This is is not something we can rehab in a week. This is chronic issue after chronic issue. Uh, (laughs) Have to tear it down. We're not sure yet. No, I'm kidding, but. Um, a little more background on that. We actually, the, the first home, the one that was in good condition, uh, we got the lead for that off from some of our bandit signs. Mm-hmm. And what happened is we went in, we talked with the seller. He was asking 5000 for it. It needed no work to sell mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, basically said, you know, 5,000, you know, you're in the ballpark, you know, but you know, here's what we can do for you cash. And then in payments, um, and, uh, and we were like this close to buying it from him probably for $3,000 cash, which would have been an awesome deal. Great deal. 
and uh, and the park owner came in and sniped it. He took my word right out of my he, mouth. That's he bought he it right out from underneath us. He paid the five grand, and then he called us and he said, "You know, I'm getting ready to go to Florida for the uh, the rest of the winter. You know, so he said, uh, you know, I'm willing to give you this for six thousand dollars. You know." And he said, but at the same time, you got to buy this other one that I just got back from an eviction for $3,000. And and we went and saw the other one. We told him, we said, look, we don't even buy homes like this usually. But if we did, we'd have to take it for free. And uh, he said, you know, can't can't do that. You know, I can make money off from this, you know, a hundred different ways. I just don't have the time. So if you want it, you know, here's what you got to do. And uh, what it came down to is that we decided that we wanted to build a relationship with this guy. You know, we wanted to get into his good graces. And the way that we could do that was by solving his problem. Mm -hmm. His problem was he's going to Florida. He can't manage the rehab on this. You know, he didn't want to deal with it. And so what would, you know, what could we do? We could take him off his hands, play his game. and, uh, And at the closing, as we're, you know, solving his problem, uh, you know, I asked him point blank, you know, he said, uh, is there anything else, you know, that I can do for you? You know, I'm willing to help you guys out, whatever you need. And I said, well, I said, uh, you know, when are you considering selling your park? And I said, you know, cause we'd be interested in buying that too. And, uh, he said, he kind of chuckled and he said, you know, I actually am starting to think about, you know, selling it. He said, you know, why don't you guys make me an offer? So we just kind of put the wedge in there at the same time for the park. Uh, it's a great little park, you know, nice big lots, you know, heavily wooded. So it's very private, um, you know, definitely a very unique property. And, uh, and so, uh, we've had conversations with him since then, built a great relationship. And he said, uh, you know, you guys remind me of myself, you know, when I was your age, he says, I want to, to make the offer of the park to you first, you know, so make me an offer. I'm not putting it up for sale right now. He said, let's see if we can work something out. And he's willing to carry the paper on it. That's so, so sick. Yes, that's how it happens. That, <laughs> I mean, that's, yes. And how was that the first, it didn't even take 10 or 20 interactions with him, right? That was one of the first times that. Oh. Yeah, that was like the fourth or fifth interaction. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. I've heard that a bunch, calling around different uh, park sellers around the country. You always hear these, well, not always, but there's a lot of stories like, um, the park owners get the park back because they tried to sell it to the handyman or they tried to owner finance it to the park manager. And the handyman has no business owning the park. The park manager still probably doesn't have any business owning the park. And so, yeah, they, (laughs) the the owners don't want to, I don't know if they don't want to just go through the work of selling it or the negotiation factor. So they just give it to people that they kind of know and they trust. right, Right. And that could be you too. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, we're looking for more buy and hold type deals Mm -hmm. and having a park kind of gives you the best of both worlds. You got the buy and hold with renting out the lots and then you can at some level control the deals that are happening in the park. Yeah. So question with that, what was your thought process with, because you've, you've, you've wanted a park before you did your first mobile home deal or no? Was it, was it? Oh, it's not something we we consider now. (laughs) Okay. we both come from, you know, previous to this, we were both invested in real estate as a buy and hold. So, yeah. you know, this this is something a little new. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, picking it up just, I mean, you can't, <laughs> as soon as you start, I mean, it's like no whole, you know, pedal to the metal kind of stuff. Now you're looking at parks, making offers, going back to the <laughs> handyman specials. Um, 
we 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 talked about that, and I want um, you know the folks listening to understand. You know, some of the homes you get, you're going to rehab to a certain condition. Some you're going to paint and do everything, depending on the exit strategy. But you really have to know your tenant buyer and their firm. Not that they, you know, their 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 firm desire that they would rather do some repairs if you can get them into the home for a cheaper move-in fee. Maybe not that the home's not any cheaper, but you know, the total move-in is going to be more attractive to them. They would prefer like, stop what you're doing. I will take the home as is. And then we are getting it to a point where, like you said, there's all different types of handyman specials. And Mm -hmm. if you can send it's I don't know if you, if you've experienced this, but if you can send people to the home and they think it's one way over the phone, sometimes if, if I'm not having them watch a video of it before they go and see it, I'll kind of explain it a little bit worse than it is. I'll make the repairs seem a little bit more in depth. That way, when they get there, they're pleasant, (laughs) they're pleasantly surprised. Like this isn't a, this isn't a rehab, like this is a, you know, so anyway, it's just, Oh, um, yeah, that's great. I think, um, you know, our, our whole experience with the, the handyman special has been, and we've, we've talked this over quite a bit, you know, sometimes we were like, man, we want to, we want to go all out on this home. We want to rehab it. So it's beautiful inside. And then when we start computing what it's going to cost us versus what our return is going to be, we start to think, and, and how long we're going to have to hold it for, mm-hmm. you know, now we're going to have to hold it for an extra 30 days because we want to get all this work done mm-hmm. to it. Um, you know, we can't even really market it until that point because when people walk in, if you say it's turnkey and they walk in, you're halfway through the rehab process and they're like, this is not turnkey. Then it's like, so you really, you're kicking yourself in the butt in a lot of ways. When we buy a home now, we can almost immediately start marketing it because it at least looks you know, usually about the same condition mm-hmm. of when we sell it. But we go and we take care of the chronic issues, you know, soft floors, uh, you know, anything like that, that that really needs to be taken care of. And so we're able to market it sooner. We're usually able to get more interest in it sooner and sell it sooner for a better return on investment mm-hmm. by not putting more time and money into it. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, a couple of times we've almost bit the bullet and gone for the full rehab. Uh, but honestly, just looking at what we've done so far, we're not going to be able to make enough more money on it to justify doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, and, and to piggyback on that, what we've kind of played around with recently is finding a model of which we could kind of standardize how much money do we put into a home mm-hmm. versus how much cash flow do we get out of that Absolutely. Home. And whether it's something as one-dimensional as for every $1,000 put towards this home, is that going to equate to $100 a month cash flow? Or like, what will the model be? Just to kind of help us give us a quick framework when we're going through the home and saying, okay, you know, it's going to be this much and this is what we can do. So we can have more of a clarity and standardization for an efficient model. Absolutely. So that brings us back to um, the uh, last deal that we just sold, which was the home that we moved. So I was so proud of that. Oh my God. <laughs> so thankful to sell that home because we, we went into it for way more than we expected. Um, the move itself, like, okay, you know, we thought moving it was going to cost us a couple of thousand dollars, you know, mm-hmm. to move it, get it leveled, get the plumbing, the heating, you know, all that stuff, electrical hooked back up, mm-hmm. get it skirted. We were thinking, you know, probably two grand. It's more like five grand. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so right there, you know, big lesson learned. You know, when you yeah. move a mobile home, it's not as easy as just parking the thing yeah. and unhooking the hitch and saying, there you go, you're good. You oh, know, yeah. you could move in. And, and you didn't even take out the, the <laughs> fact that we had to close out, you know, and get all the paperwork and permits ready to move the home and yeah. then the new permits for the town oh, we moved it to. And there was a lot of driving back and forth, you know, between the towns to, mm-hmm. you know, deal with, you know, permits and taxes and. All Great learning experience, stuff. though. Great learning experience. <laughs> That's like, oh, crap. I wish I'd asked some questions on the Facebook page yeah. about this, you know? <laughs> yes. Gosh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what do I have to think about when I move a mobile home? Because if I had done that, I could have, you know? I don't know. <laughs> How many movers did you end up talk- talking to or getting? You know, we... Yeah, we we talked. We, yeah, we spoke to about two or three movers, and they were all kind of in the same ballpark. Which out here is, you know, if you just want them to move it from point A to point B, it's around fifteen hundred dollars. But they but they won't. But they all they'll do is they'll put it on the pads, and that's it. They won't set up anything. No plumbing, electrical, none of that. Um, you know, the ones that would you know assist with you know skirting it and all that, they might be an extra thousand, which is what we found would cost to have a plumber come out and an electrician come out to do it anyway. So. You know, more or less. So I got yeah. probably about twenty five hundred to three grand would be a you know start to finish. And that's and that's basically just labor costs. Mm-hmm. That's not including the plumbing supplies. That's not including any electrical supplies. The that's permits. not including the permits or the skirting costs. Who knew skirting was so expensive? <laughs> what the heck is that all about? Just yeah. Right? No, when they it, it 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 had skirting when it moved. But when you moved it to the new location, it wasn't the same height or it was on a different uh, angle. The skirting yeah. could be reused. We yeah. Thankfully, I think we reused probably 75%, mm. 50 to 75 50, I'd say 50%. Okay, 50% of the skirting that was on it because it was on a really unlevel lot. So some of it was really long mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to reuse that. But then the rest of the stuff was like two inches too short. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Stick that, right. Put that on the back of the home. Nobody will see that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we, Screw it in. Well, we, got good, we, got, we got a good buyer in there now. You know, he gave us a nice, good size down payment for the home. Yep. So we're good. So, yeah. We're so good. just some numbers on that deal. Cost us um, thirty-two fifty to buy it. About, I'm going to say roughly 5000 to move it, get everything set up, skirting, plumbing, electrical, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and then all in after we were done rehabbing it, we were about thirteen thousand into it, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know doesn't really fit our model now that we look at it because uh, when we sold it, we sold it for three thousand dollars move-in fee, and then six sixty a month in payments. Very so pretty reasonable, right? You know, I mean that sure. almost you know almost gets you one hundred percent ROI in the first year, but not quite. And, uh, you know, what we found is that we could have bought two homes for the price that we went into that one. And we could have gotten $500 a month out of both of those homes in terms of, uh, you know, cash flow. And then probably 2500 in move-in fees mm-hmm. out of both those homes. This was a 3-2? Three, a three it was moved? a 2 yeah. Um, and it was a 97? Yep. Yeah, so... For those, for those, mo- well, there's a couple different tiers of, of mobile homes, in my opinion. The lower, you know, the ones that you're all in for under ten thousand, under eight thousand, we can sell those for normally like an average of five, five years of payments. 
Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes more six, seven, eight. And then the newer ones, and I say newer, but like 97, 95, yeah. something like that, or newer, um, those ones you can sell in, I mean, maybe you didn't, but for a minimum I'm finding of 10, of 10 years. So the wow. numbers are, you know, they're skewed, but they're, yeah, and you're not making your money back for maybe two years, but you have another eight years of cash flow. But then you made six sticks. I mean, that's impressive. How how many years of cash flow will will that be? Eight. That's awesome. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so around the similar, excellent. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think what helps is that time frame. Then again, I think you know yeah. just the learning experience because now we have those resources available. We have the working knowledge base of what to expect now going Absolutely. forward. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, the first year of any business I hear, you know, it's, it's a huge learning curve, not just for, not just for, our, you know, the educational purposes, but developing the routine because your normal lifestyle routine takes a U-turn, you know, you got to shift it. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, everybody pays for their education, right? One way or another. You know, the truth is, though, is that the education that we're paying for right now is also making us money. Mm-hmm. Out of the, uh, oh. Kind of lastly, uh, thank you so much. Definitely going over time. What is uh, the experience with your with your tenant buyers? Have have all of them been positive? Even if they haven't, the ones that haven't been positive, was there anything that you know clued you in when you were first signing with them? Like, oh, this might not be a good person. But I guess just in you don't. Yeah, how how are your tenants doing? All the people that we've sold to, you know, they've been highly motivated to buy the home. Like they are jazzed about buying this home. You know, they. They jump through all the hoops almost immediately. You know, we have them sign um, up for a cozy account, which is what we use for our primary application process because it allows you the opportunity to to do background and credit checks, Mm -hmm. which we, you know, can just justify by saying, hey, look, this is what the park's going to want to know to allow you entrance. But, yeah, everyone we sold to with our homes, you know, it's taken longer in some situations to sell than the other, but when they get in there, they pay on time. They're very proud to make that home their own. Yeah. You know, we give them the 30, 60, 90 day paperwork of things that, you know, we'd like to have them rehab. They are on top of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are not giving us any flack for this or that. I mean, they're, they're your ideal people so far. Thank you so much both for being here. Thank you so much for your time. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 